Morning guys, thanks for inviting me into your living room or wherever you're watching this this morning. It's um, been a long while since I've spoken on, on camera like this because it's been 10 weeks and I've been on furlough. But it's great to be back on staff again. Um, if, you, if you don't know me, my name's Giles Holloway and I'm Lead King Centre, part of the NTS Leadership Team. So we're continuing this morning with the theme of the Armour of God that we've been following the last few weeks. And it's my pleasure to be able to talk on the Helmet of Salvation. So if you want to follow this in your Bibles, it's Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, to help me look at this passage, um, we've got Captain America who's just going to pop in and uh, make himself known. Hey, folks! So, here's Captain America. Now, why, why have we got a superhero with this? Well, if you follow the kids' song, you might get some idea from that. But the important thing is that God is asking us to take on the armour of God and join his army rather than be a personal superhero. So I think it remains for me to do the following. We've got to turn you away from being a personal superhero, Daniel, and into Soldier Danelios. Away you go. So we've got Soldier Danelios with us. And just to make sure that we remember what we're clothed with, we've got the belt of truth. Very uh, good. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. And we've got the sandals of peace. And we've got the shield of faith. Faith. Excellent. And last but not least, the sword of spirit. Well, that's next week, but we've also got a helmet of salvation. So, we've got our soldier, we've got our armour, and I'm going to explain a little bit about this important piece here. Ow! The helmet of salvation. So, the first thing I would like to say to you about the helmet of salvation is that it is a gift. Like all the other parts of the armour, they're all given to us. Now, when we join an army, if we were to join a physical army, we wouldn't expect to have to buy our own equipment. If you join the army of God, he gives you all this armour as a gift. And that goes for the helmet of salvation as well. So what is this gift of salvation? Well, it is three things. It is... Um, deliverance and rescue it is safety and welfare and it is healing so all these words are, are, are bound up in the word sozo which is the base of the word that we get salvation from and if you look in the old testament it's just the same just obviously in hebrew and we get uh, the name of joshua um, on the Old Testament leading the people of Israel into the promised land and he is seen as a rescuer that is his name and then you come to the New Testament and Jesus Yeshua that is his name he saves so right there in all the in those two key uh, people uh, the the name and the meaning 
and the, the role which they play is showing that God saves us. So let's just look at that word in a little bit more detail, sozo. It, it means a number of things. But deliverance or rescue, as we saw physically in the Old Testament, is seen in the New Testament through Jesus. It is rescuing us from our sins. So Jesus came to give us forgiveness from our sins and he died on the cross so that we can know forgiveness. We can have forgiveness. He won forgiveness of our sins. So he's rescuing us from the wages of sin, which is death. So he's rescuing us from death. So just as he might rescue us in a physical situation, in a war situation, from a, a, a death uh, or the chances of death, or from the ravages of, of uh, a disease, or uh, from famine, where death seems like the only option, he can rescue us from that situation. In the spiritual, and the, which is more important, it, it, um, essentially, he is rescuing us from the wages of sin, which is death, so that we can know eternal life, so that we will live forever. So, if you are saved, so to speak, if you know uh, um, that Jesus is the Son of God and you have faith that, from God, then you are saved, period. It's a full stop. It is your future it, um, and your past are dealt with and you are saved. But in the New Testament, we see th the, the three tenses of uh, salvation. We see, yes, we are saved, period. In the past, when we gave our life to Jesus, he saved us. But we are also being saved. And we see that in um, Corinthians 2 verse 15, that we will still go on to sin, hopefully less than we did before, but we still need to be being saved day by day. We need to still ask for forgiveness for our sins. So in that sense, we are being saved. And then the final tense is the future tense. And we see in, in texts like Romans 5, 9 to 10, or in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, that we are going to be saved or we will be saved. And that is obviously referring to when Jesus will come again. And either we will be alive when he comes again or we will be dead when, we, um, when he comes again. But either way, our soul lives on and we will be saved by him on that glorious day. So the helmet of salvation is reminding us and telling us that we are saved and we should know that that fact is there all the time it is not just something that we acknowledge on the day that we come to become a christian it is something that we day by day acknowledge and know every time we um we repent of our sins we should be reminded of the joy of salvation the, the joy of forgiveness and finally we must always have a hope set before us that hope of salvation on the final day when Jesus comes again so let me now share with you three helmet stories obviously um, the helmet that Paul was talking about would have been the Roman centurion's helmet 
and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It would have had protection around the back of the neck, uh, protection down the side and around the ear, and then obviously uh, of the cranium to protect the most important part of our body, our head, where we do our thinking and we have our, all our senses go through. Um, but also on the top was often a crest that signified power on authority and perhaps identified you with a particular legion. Now, the idea of a helmet of salvation is actually brought up in the Old Testament in Isaiah's time, who wouldn't have known a Roman helmet. But if you look at the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greek helmets, they would have all had similar elements to them. So in effect, any helmet um, has this. Even um, I mean, we, we didn't have the benefit of a, a really good helmet for um, the demonstration with Danelios, but this policeman's helmet has a crest that shows that, um, what force he's part of. And it's still hard for protection and it has a brim for um, any possible um, missiles that are thrown at them. So in a sense, a helmet is a helmet. And I'll, the story I want to tell you, the first story I want to tell you, and, and oh, is about a bike helmet. Now, when I um, recently bought a new bike a few years back, um, I got given a new helmet with it. And I was so excited because it was thrown in for three. And when I got back, I found out it was a really, really good sort of tour quality helmet fantastic I couldn't wait to put my helmet on and I felt really good I felt like I was going faster I weighed it I found out it was a hundred grams lighter than my last helmet so I was really keen to put it on I thought I looked the part I never forgot it about a year later I went off cycling one morning and I just completely forgot to put it on I was halfway up the road and I thought, there's something different about this cycle ride today. And I suddenly realised I hadn't even got my helmet on. So not being a fool, knowing that the roads are busy, I quickly went home and got my helmet and put it on. Now, what is that story going to teach us this morning? Well, isn't it easy when we first come to faith, uh, it's easy to be really excited about this new joy in salvation this new hope that we've found and we might go telling everybody about it how easy it is the longer we go to actually forget the joy of our salvation the fact that we have been saved what amazing gift it is and yet we forget about it and um, it's easy isn't it to go out out without that kind of protection um, to not have confessed our sins I think for us there is um, a reminder in scripture that we are to come to God every day not only to thank him for his salvation but also to confess our sins however big or small because there's joy to be found in forgiveness. Take for example the example of King David. Nobody could have fallen greater than him. He'd committed adultery with Bathsheba, he'd murdered her husband, and yet, even though he was a public figure, 
even though he um, could have found lots of excuses and hardened his heart, we read in Psalm 51 that wonderful um, psalm of um, repentance. And within that psalm, verse uh, 12 of Psalm 51, we, we read, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. True repentance brings joy. Again, that, that fresh joy. So I wonder if this morning that story just provokes in you. Have I become a little bit hard-hearted? Have I hardened my heart uh, to those little sins or to those bigger sins that are present in my life? And if that's true for you, why don't you take time this morning just to, to, to seek God in repentance? doesn't have to be a massive long prayer just saying sorry to God and will you receive the joy of the helmet of salvation back onto your life the second story about a helmet is also another one about cycling helmet when I was much younger my very first cycling helmet I don't know if you remember when they came out they weren't the most glamorous of items they did their job but they certainly weren't aerodynamic. But still, I wore it because it protected me. And I was out cycling on a country road when behind me came uh, a big white van and a bunch of builders in, in, the, in the front seat. And one of them hung out the window, scared the life out of me and started abusing me as it drew alongside and shouting out, you look like one of the Ninja Turtles. Now, it shows you how, how long ago it was that that was the reference point. But I was scared. I was completely taken by surprise. What on earth was this guy doing abusing me for taking the sensible precautions of wearing a helmet? And our helmet of salvation is a little bit like that. We wear this helmet of salvation, it should be something that is visible um, to all around us because we're full of the joy of the Lord, we're full of the hope of the Lord and we naturally will have that disposition about us. So people will take notice. But to some it will be a sign that we are saved, a sign that we are uh, people of God. To others it will really get on their go it will really annoy them and Paul put this really well he says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 that to some our salvation will be like the stench of death and to others it will be like the smell of sweet perfume now we are not to worry if some people abuse us because to them we are the smell of death. We're reminding them of the fact that they're not saved. We're provoking them into a reaction because they are not yet of the light. They're in the dark. That is not our problem. We are still to wear our helmet of salvation, come what may. And Isaiah chapter 61 mentions um, being clothed with salvation. And one of the keys to being clothed with uh, the garments of salvation day by day is in, mentioned in verse 10. Delight yourself in the Lord. 
If you delight yourself in the Lord, your helmet of salvation will always be present and um, visible to others. And for some, there will be um, people who are attracted to you as people of peace because of that. And for those who it, it smells like death and those that abuse you, so be it. Just wipe the dust off the uh, soles of your sandals. That's fine. Just let them be. So the third story I've got to tell you takes me into my teenage years. I think I was 19. I was walking through a town in Essex uh, with a school friend. And all of a sudden behind me, there was a smashing of glass and I could hear voices and um, there was someone running behind me. So we both looked round and out of the dark shadows came this youth and he was running away from a policeman. And the policeman gave chase, but he was far too slow. And that policeman was shouting, stop, stop. And as he, as he came up, he did the most extraordinary thing. He was basically running out of puff. He took his helmet off and he threw it at this youth. And it missed, it came flying past me. And uh, at just that moment, I um, remembered that, you know, I, I was playing rugby at the time. And so just as the youth got level with me, I dropped my shoulder and came off the curb and, and did a nice little body charge and he fell to the floor and the policeman arrested him for whatever misdemeanor he'd been doing. And that, that moment was always stuck in my mind. And uh, really it was the, the hilarity of, of the policeman throwing his helmet. And what on earth has that got to teach us today? Well, I want us to remember that we, we're told in Ephesians to take our armour, take our helmet of salvation and put it on. We take it as a gift and we put it on. But all of those items that we're given as a gift are, of our armour are for defence. They're not offensive weapons. You know, how stupid is it? to uh, try and throw a helmet. It's not a weapon and it's not to be used as such. And yet I've come across Christians um, who take their kind of salvation, their, them being saved, almost as a weapon. They try and shove the gospel down people's throats, even when they don't want to hear it. And quite often um, they will talk about their own uh, saving story um, in, in a way of kind of separating or being proud to, to sort of separate themselves from, from others. And I'm not interested in that. The, the helmet of salvation can lead others to salvation, but not by ramming the gospel down people's throats. It is simply by exuding uh, the spirit of God, um, that aroma of God, that peace and joy and hope that we all have. And yeah, sure, if somebody's interested, explaining it too. But we are not to hurl our helmets of salvation at others. Uh, I suppose our, um, our demeanour should be that of Christ. Now, Christ was blameless. He, he was righteous. And yet we're told in Isaiah 59 verses 16 and 17 that he took upon him a cloak of righteousness and he took upon himself a helmet of salvation even though 
he um, was safe, even though he had the power to save. And so he set an example for us that if we are to uh, follow him, then we too need to take on his attitude. And it says this, the Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene or to save. So his own arm achieved salvation for himself. And his own righteousness sustained himself. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. So let us remember that as good as we think we are, we are not perfect enough to own, earn our own righteousness before God. And we are not good enough to earn our own salvation. Instead, we need to be like Jesus and we need to take that gift that he is offering, that of being saved by him, um, being uh, renewed by him day by day and um, looking forward to a time when we will be saved completely with him and healed completely with him and that is to be our daily uh, symbol to the world that um, we are in the armour of God and that we are in the army of God. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that those three stories would have, um, perhaps just one of them would have just stood out in our mind as something uh, that we need to respond to today. Perhaps it's the first story where um, we've realised that our joy has um, grown a little bit tired and that we need our joy um, of salvation to be renewed. Perhaps it's that of the second story where um, we've become a little bit slow to repent and through not repenting we've not known that um, joy that comes from knowing that we are forgiven. And thirdly, Lord, help us to remember that our salvation is something to protect us, to keep us um, from the enemy's attacks, um, to remind us uh, that we are yours and we do not belong to the enemy. Amen. Great, well it's been nice to be back with you again um, this week and look forward to uh, seeing you on a Zoom call or in person soon.